Welcome to Convo Lounge Expression Exposure Experience. Welcome to the Convalanche podcast with myself, Yandile Nuku. Thank you so much for everyone who's been following us over the past uh, two months as we have insightful conversations around unemployment and uh, hopefully uh, sparking an interest to find solutions towards unemployment. On today's uh, special episode, we talk more around research as well as innovation in Botswana. And we want to highlight and have a special focus on talent that is actively passionate about research, uh, engaging in research, whilst also um, in industry. And so I'm joined in studio today uh, by Lorne Lottering. Uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about what he does. Uh, he studied geomatics at University of Botswana, and he's also working for one of your most reputable um, organizations in the country. But not just that, he also is, he has his own startup where he's actively contributing uh, solutions to Botswana. thought that's an interesting combination. So not just only formally employed, but also has that entrepreneurial spirit going on, but also uh, emphasizing on the importance of research. Uh, Lorna, welcome to Convo Lounge. I hope you're well. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where, what, what you've done at UB and uh, why you got into that particular field. Okay. Uh, I studied geometrics. So geomatics, it's a combination of two elements, which is the geo, which is the earth element, and then also mathematics. So you'll find that within this, there are quite a number of things that we do. We also do remote sensing. Remote sensing deals with uh, the use of satellite images for land management, as well as uh, to measure phenomena of the earth surface. And then we have also in geomatics, there's what we call geospatial analysis. So geospatial analysis will be how dispersed or how distributed things on the earth surface are and how they are spatially uh, arranged. So that's how we do in terms of geomatics. So for now, currently what I'm doing, I'm at Letero as a digital associate. So they had this program. So this program that trying to scale up uh, digital uh, entrepreneurship and leadership. So you find that digital entrepreneurship and leadership are two sides of the same coin. So if you scale up digital entrepreneurship, it's seen as impacting on leadership. So they're trying to find talent so that they can be able to go into the space of digital transformation as well. And then the second thing that I'm involved in, it's uh, research, support time research, usually on weekends when I have capacity. I do help at the University of Botswana with research. So research around hydroinformatics and how we can use satellite images to better manage uh, the ecosystem and various phenomena. Okay. And then lastly, like you mentioned, I do have a startup. So the startup is based on this research in terms of remote sensing and satellite images, how we can use the satellite images, mostly in the agri sector, as well as in the mining sector. We're also talking about things such as how to measure the flow of streams. So basically, those are the three things that I'm currently involved in. Okay. So that sounds like a very dynamic uh, career path and um, sounds like you're purpose-driven, uh, solution-driven. I know talent usually was choose one focus. You're either going to start a startup or you're either going to be formally employed or you're going to be an academic and focus solely on research. But you've got an interesting combination um, of all three. Tell us about what drives you in your academic journey. You know, how did you get to study geomatics and why do you find yourself having uh, sort of these three pursuits, different pursuits um, all at the same time? All right. Um, the, it's a funny story of how I got myself into geomatics. Initially, I had applied for BSc at the University of Botswana. Unfortunately, they did not get me. So I had to go back to reapply for statistics. 
so by that time, uh, for statistics, they didn't, the government didn't sponsor a diploma in statistics. So on my way to the university, I met an individual who was like, go for geometrics. So without hesitation, I just applied for geometrics without knowing what geometrics is, what it has. Mm. So I found myself in this field of geometrics. So when it came to uh, learning about the content and what it has, I did enjoy geometrics okay. because it's something that's totally new. People don't know what really geometrics is. So now when I got to learn on how we could use these various tools to really manage the earth and the land, it got more interesting. And then in terms of research, after I finished my degree, uh, the professor that was my supervisor was like, all right, since you've done so much work in your final year thesis, would you like to join my team? Because he did apply for grants in terms of research. So I joined his team in research and we, we are currently working together on a part-time basis. Mm. And then the reason why I got into this uh, entrepreneurship and research is that you'll find that research is the basis of innovation. So you can't have innovation without research and entrepreneurship. So for you to constantly develop solutions and be relevant as an organization or as a startup or whatever, you need to research. Because mm. you find that without research, you'll be left behind. Consumers are constantly changing. People are constantly changing. And as well as the economy is changing in terms of what people are doing. Now people are talking about a digital economy. So if you're not researching on those areas, then you're going to be left behind and your startup or your company becomes irrelevant. Yeah, so that's how I managed to go into this three months so that with research, I can always back up myself in terms of a startup or into being a corporate or into corporate. Are all these different fields interrelated? Do they feed into each other or is three separate projects and pursuits? Okay. Um, my startup feeds into my research. Okay. So the thing is, with research, I do hydroinformatics, like I said. So it deals with satellite image processing. So with the startup, you'll have uh, where you, you measure crop land or crop health using satellite images. So you see that with this tool, with this research I get, I'm able to build a startup that uses uh, satellite images to measure crop health as well as uh, various elements in the crop. And also not only focusing on crop health, you can use satellite images when it comes to volume measurements, volume, volumetrics. So in terms of mining environments, we're trying to have a situation where we are having safety. With safety, you're able to measure these things without sending people into the field. You're using satellite. We have commercial satellites, uh, which are, called, which are uh, given by Airbus. So Airbus is an international uh, company that offers satellite images. You can purchase satellite images from them and do all these processes wherever you are remotely. So you can measure these volumes wherever you are. Mm. Yeah. So you see these two elements, research and my startup, they feed onto each other. Okay. Yes. Mm. So I would see that that's where the connection is. Now that the, the third one is in terms of digital transformation. So the whole world is moving into digital transformation. So if you want to be relevant as an individual, you need to go with what the world is doing. So with, when people need people with skills related to digital skills or digital transformation, you need to constantly develop yourself into those skills and become relevant. Okay. So I believe this uh, third element will make sure that I'm continue being relevant as an individual and as a researcher. And how's your mental health throughout this journey? All these three areas. Um, I know my personal experience with research, very challenging process, uh, even to my mental health. Uh, my own entrepreneurial journey as well could be or just the idea of starting a startup as well. 
Um, I know that it can impact your mental health quite negatively. And here you are. You sound like, you know, you've gotten a new opportunity as a digital associate. You're new, which means the amount of work you need to put in to learn as quickly as possible, as well as a lot. That could also have a toll on your mental health. How do you manage yourself? And uh, are you all good with your mental health? Yeah, I, I'll say I'm, I'm there. I'm there. Okay. I'm there. So with, with, with this thing, with issues like this, you'll find that uh, you're driven by passion. So if you have passion for something, for learning, as a researcher, you should have passion for learning. Mm. You should have passion for developing yourself as an individual because you're always having new insights. So if you have passion for that, there's always something that will wake up you in the morning so that you keep pushing. Mm. So those are the key things uh, that I, I see are the driving forces. And if you, you're pushing yourself, that's when issues of mental health will creep in because you're not driven by passion. Yes, that's, that's my take. So the country has a vision uh, to be high income earning a knowledge-based economy by 2036. And I see that, um, you know, the work that you do is some and somehow feeding into that. As a young Motswana, when you hear things like this, do you feel like it's possible? We'll get there or how do you? It's definitely possible. Uh, the, the, the government is doing great, providing initiatives. Uh, they also have the NIS. This is the National Innovation System. So with the system, you find that there's the infrastructures for such things to be easily adopted. They have policies that are set. They also have these uh, micro determinants, like your institutions that are playing in this field. And also you have these uh, institutions like uh, BITRI, uh, Botswana Innovation Hub. So these are the this is an ecosystem that has been set up and you also have these programs, entrepreneurship programs that they're constantly providing. So they're trying to develop an ecosystem so that they can be able to attain such a, such a goal. Mm. So you find that with the policies that they have and what they want to do, I've looked at the national transition, development transition uh, plan that they have. So you'll see that the setup is so that uh, we have an innovative ecosystem. So we want to see ourselves in a situation where we are like Kenya, where they have a very good innovative and research ecosystem there. So we find that Kenya is the best when it comes to such things because of the policies and how their innovation system is arranged. Okay. Let's talk about some of the research that you're currently doing um, and one that you've done before. I know one way that you measure success in research is the number of uh, publications that you've managed to publish. Um, walk us through that, your research experience. And I think you also have quite an interesting story there with, uh, you know, your collaboration with your supervisors or lecturers yes. uh, from University of Botswana. Tell us about what you're currently working on in research. Okay. So what, what, what usually happens within institutions is that they have uh, research grants that they offer to their lectures or the lectures can apply for such grants. Okay. So when uh, lectures have applied for those grants, they have an opportunity to collaborate with students so that they help them with research. So that's how I got myself into research because of my supervisor or my lecture. Okay. So now we're working on a few couple of research papers that are on the pipeline. I do have a, a name on my, to myself or a publication to myself. I got published. So there's one document currently that's online. So it's with regards to soil erosion. There's a use of satellite images to measure the erosion of soil along the railway line. So mm. you know that we have had a couple of uh, derailments so we're trying to see how uh, you can use satellite images to measure those areas that are susceptible to soil erosion when it's rainfall. So we're using satellite. So there's one paper that's out. And also there's one that's uh, on the pipeline that uh, the lecture is willing to collaborate and uh, include us there. Okay. Yeah. 
So let's talk about this research. Uh, where does somebody find it? Yeah, it's, it's there online. It's just uh, there's the, this open source journals. So the open source journals, like uh, it's called MDPI. So they, you will find that the journals there. Uh, you just have to search the name of the journal or the individual and you'll find the, the article. Okay, cool. Yeah. If you've just joined us on the Convalanche podcast, we're talking to Lorne Lottering, uh, talking research and innovation in Botswana, but also trying to showcase or highlight a talent that is actively engaging in research, but also uh, validating the need for research um, in industry. So stick around and on the other side of the conversation, we talk more about the type of research he's doing, but also the ecosystem around research in Botswana. Does he think that it's good enough? Does he think that it's working? And uh, what does a young person like him in Botswana today need um, to accelerate his growth? Cova Lounge. Expression, exposure, experience. Welcome back to the Cova Lounge podcast. We're still having a conversation with talent uh, by the name of Lorne Lottering. Uh, he's a digital associate in the banking sector. He is also, you know, uh, also investing in research and part on a part-time basis. He supports research at University of Botswana. Uh, he's also into the startup community. He's got his own startup where he's looking into how do you use uh, technology to add value to the mining and agriculture sector. So we're having conversations with him around the importance or the state of research and innovation in Botswana from his perspective. And it's been quite interesting to learn about his journey, uh, how he's both moving in academics whilst also working in corporate and whilst also uh, wearing an entrepreneurial hat and also into the startup uh, world. So, Lana, welcome back to Conva Lounge. Um, you know, interested to know a little bit more now about what exactly you've researched on uh, at University of Botswana. You did mention that you've got uh, your paper published, but then again, it's not everybody who gets published. So I'm going to assume that your research was quite good. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was quite so, good. So, so tell us a little bit about that. What were you researching on at UB? Um, yeah, let's take it from there. All right. Uh the issue was in terms of relevancy. How relevant is your topic in terms of the issues that we had? We know that we, had, we recently had derailments of trains caused by rains and the instability of the railway lines. So that was the main reason why we, we chose the topic. Me and my supervisor were trying to see because of this issue that's prevailing right now, how can we try and mitigate the issue before it happens? And how can we help uh, institutions identify areas that are not susceptible to soil erosion before they construct a railway line? So that's how we got to the final discussion that, okay, we have this technology uh, that was part of our course, which is remote sensing, which is the use of satellite images. How could we use this technology to be able to identify those kind of areas? So you'll find that with uh, satellite images, there's a reflection in terms of uh, electromagnetic spectrum. Uh, there's a reflection of light to the satellite. So based on the component that you're measuring, whether it's the wetness of the soil or the leaves of the tree, you can be able to see which area absorbs more moisture or which area has less moisture. So with that, you'll be able to develop... Uh, a way to identify which areas are susceptible to rainfall based on how they absorb or how wet those areas become. So that's how we got to being able to have this article 
that discusses the use of remote sensing to measure those areas. Hmm. And that was for your final year dissertation, correct? Yes, yes, that was final year dissertation. So how much did you get funded to do that over and above your, your allowance? Yeah, yeah. Uh, usually when you're doing a final year, what the, the Department of Tertiary Education does is that those who are enrolled for final year, they're given the stipulations for their research. So it was around 2.7. So that was the fund that was given to each individual when you're doing your final year. Yes. Do you think that was enough for you um, as as talent? Or you think there's there's more that could be done to invest in final year research? There's more that could be done uh, looking at the fact that uh, right now the cost of research has gone up. There are a lot of things that are needed in terms of for you to be able to come up with a solution that will work. Uh, for, for us now, what students are doing now is that they are resorting to open source softwares and data because to collect data, it's very expensive. I remember for me, for some students, they had to use a commercial satellite. And for you to be able to buy a commercial satellite, they'll tell you that it's measured per megabyte or per square kilometer of, average, of area that's covered. So you can imagine your 2.5 will be deputed on a single data entry, which is the satellite. Yet you need other data entry to be able to come up with a solution that's more sustainable or that's reasonable. So you see the cost of research is high because of various things and technologies you need to be able to come up with a solution. Yet uh, the stipulations all remain the same. There's more that can be done to be able to assist students. So earlier on, you spoke about um, the value of research in building economies and in building industries. I'm curious to know, with the research that you've done in your final year, were there any interactions with industry, like uh, your Botswana Railways, uh, institutions that can actually uh, be consumers of your research and pay for your research? Um, how was that process like for you? Yeah, we, we did we did have an interaction for, for, for data and validation. Mm. We did have an interaction with uh, Botswana Railways. We did uh, ask for a couple of data sets so that we'd be able to develop this uh, final solution. So... Yeah, institutions are, are willing to partner in terms of research so that they can see the value and be able to consume that kind of research. Yeah, there are various institutions that are open. Uh, even though the, the structure to approach those institutions is still the waterfall, okay. so you have to go through a lot of uh, bureaucracy. Mm. So if, if, if we are an economy, we want to... You need to research fast and develop fast. Mm. So if you want to do that... We need to find a way to reduce that bureaucracy. I know it's needed for data protection and a lot of that. Yeah. So, but we need to speed up the process and find ways or innovative ways to speed up the process because we need constant collaboration. And also, other institutions are not willing to give out data mm -hmm. easily. So the more you give out data, the more people are able to use that data and come up with an innovative solution. So we need to have an open sandbox where everyone can access data and come up with an innovative solution. So that's how I see we could progress as an economy. So that open sandbox, which institution would be responsible for that? As you, um, Let's say as an institution, I have an organization. I do want uh, people to come and play and do a lot of development and research. I should be able to let people under a controlled environment yeah. to come and do those kind of research, individuals or whether individuals or whatever, come do research, develop whatever they're developing, 
and see how I can progress or I could partner with them after that, after that development. Okay. I don't know if it's Bokra that's responsible for regulating for, for data in the country. So maybe institutions like Bokra could be the ones that, you yeah. know, um, uh, hold space for that regulatory sandbox. You yes. Think? Uh, Bokra will be doing with communication data. Mm-hmm. So if it's data with regards to uh, your mobile phones, mm. uh, that's where Bokra will come in. Okay. And then there's also the Data Privacy Act that's on the way. Okay. I know it hasn't been fully implemented, but it's there. So it shows on how sharing data and how you can use data, your personal data can be used by various organizations. Yes. Um, okay. So let's talk about your process to actually finding your research topic. What was that process like for you? Was it just simply engaging with your lecturer and they tell you this is the topic or what were your sources of data as you were trying to validate the research topic? Okay. All right. Um, I did have a couple of topics. So we built on what I had. So what I had was more on how do we, how do we, what environmental factors are there? And then how do we address those environmental factors based on what I have studied? So that's, those are, that's the thought process that I went through. Okay. So we have this environmental factors or environmental issues that we are facing as mm. a country. Mm. So this is a research opportunity for me. How can I use what I studied to address these environmental factors? So I did have a few conversations with the lectures. We went around a few things we could talk about. And then eventually we came across this. Uh, I think it was immediately after a few incidents happened. Mm. Then we're like, okay, we have this incidents that are caused by this environmental factor. Then how do we just develop a topic or a solution out of this? So the, the most important thing about research is that at the end of the day, you have to come up with a solution. So that's, that's, that's what sells your research or that's what people will buy into. So they'll buy, always buy into a solution after you've researched and developed. Yeah. So let's talk about the post-research. You did speak about your research being published. What about your research actually being used and implemented in industry? Is that something that you've reached or this is something that was sort of left hanging? Uh, in terms of usage in the industry, they haven't used it much or they haven't used it. But in terms of other researchers or other individuals citing it, I've, I've seen a couple, I think I have seven individuals that have cited the, the article. So yeah, I would say on the internet, is, it, it's getting much traction. But in terms of adopting and using the technology that was suggested within the article, not m- many individuals are using the technology. So because we're trying to bring this technology, saying, talking to corporates, saying use this technology for various things. So I haven't seen much individuals or much organizations using that technology. Do you think it's an issue of they're not aware of it or there are other, maybe you can speak to this and speak about opportunities around research. Uh, There's an opportunity for you to be supported more, to be able to reach these organizations that that could utilize your research um, or you feel like organizations, whether public or private sector, need to be more proactive to come and hunt for you and look for you um, in, in tertiary schools. Okay. Um, so what now people are doing is that with research, what's fronting research is innovation. So with innovation, uh, it's easy to adopt innovation that research without innovation. You understand? So every time you're doing research, there has to be an element of innovation or an innovative element for them to buy into that. And then organizations have to have to see a return on investment 
when they invest on that particular solution, what's their return? So if organizations don't see that value, uh, then they will not be willing to partner with that. So for, for, for individuals to see the value, us as researchers, we need to push out the solution, push them to push it out to those individuals, approach those individuals. I feel like as researchers, we are not doing much in that. And also in terms of organizations, they're not, like you're saying, proactive in trying to reach out for, to those individuals. So everyone is sitting wherever they silos. are. Silos. So there's, no, there's, there's not that much in terms of uh, collaboration between industry and researchers. So in your opinion, uh, earlier on, we spoke about the amount of money that you got for your final year dissertation, but you also mentioned that you are in another structure where your lecturer is the one that gets the funding, but then you come in as a research assistant. Uh, being in the research space so far, what do you think about the state of funding uh, towards research? What has been your experience in it? I know the president uh, during last year at Forbes he did announce that we would be having a research fund um, in the country. Yeah, just talk to us a little bit about that, the state of funding towards um, research in the Yeah, the, the, there's been progress, slowly but surely. Mm -hmm. There's been progress. So I understand that uh, most, most of research funding is done through BIH. So most uh, recently they just did something about indigenous knowledge, mm -hmm. where there was research around indigenous, indigenous knowledge. Yeah. So there's been progress. We have those institutions that are trying to build a research ecosystem. So uh, I feel like with the next uh, coming development plans that the president was speaking about, there'll be more intensity around research as these programs are being rolled out. And also there's a mention of B3 and uh, BIH being sort of one, one, institution. one institution, which will really help because... Uh, B3 is on the commercialization of research and then uh, BIH is on the innovation part. So you see that with these two entities being one, we'll be able to see that uh, there's more that's being, you'll be able to see the traction of research by individuals as well as uh, organizations that are into research. As a student that went to University of Botswana, could you make the linkage between all these institutions and, you know, what you could potentially do with your research uh, post your final year? Or is this something that you only became aware of now as you are now in it? Um, now that I'm in the, as a student or as a student studying, it's not quite easy to be able to see this linkage. Mm -hmm. Once you're outside in the industry, that's when you'll be able to see this linkage between all these ecosystem players that are there from your entrepreneurship to from your research institutions, you're able to see how all these institutions feed into each other. And also you find that these universities that you're part of are part of our regional research organizations. <laughs> As a student, you're not aware of this, but mm. once you're into that field, mm. you'll be able to be aware of such kind of initiatives. So as you are in the student ecosystem, you're not really exposed to such kind of opportunities as someone who's in the industry. So much work can be done. So understand now that the university has an innovation center, University of Botswana. So I feel like with those kind of initiatives, you'll be able to expose students to such kind of things. Mm. So it's very interesting looking at what uh, it's being developed for the future. Yeah. 
So earlier on, we spoke about some of the obstacles that you faced um, in terms of research. And one of those is the bureaucratic processes that um, it delays the the fast pace of research, right? Are there any other obstacles? And to that, by the way, you did mention that we need a sandbox uh, to be able to facilitate the easier access to data. Um, Are there any other obstacles that you think exist currently um, when it comes to uh, production of research in Botswana and also the utilization of research? Okay. Um, Mostly it's it's research. What you need in research, you need collaboration. Mm. So there's limited collaboration. Individuals are not easily collaborative. So that's one of the challenges for you to be able to to come up with a solution that's really good and mind-blowing, you need collaboration. You need individual input. So that's one of the biggest challenges that I've seen okay. in research. And the ones that I initially mentioned, which is your data access mm. and being given data, That's that, those are the few things. And also lim- uh, limited funding. Yeah, we do have funding, but it's limited because of how expensive research is. So those are the, like the three key elements of it. Yeah. I want us to shift now to your startup. Uh, tell us the name of your startup and the innovation that you're currently working on now. All right. Uh, the name of my startup, it's called EO Analytics. So okay. EO comes from the E is Earth and the O is Observation. So we should see Earth Observation. So it's, it still speaks to use of satellite images. Okay. So we're not only trying to feed into one... Uh, sector which is agriculture we're trying to feed into various sectors mm. so we're trying to see how we can use that to my to in terms of mining as well as water management mm. and then land management those are the few areas that we want to and also infrastructure uh you know that your bridges that always once you use your bridge over time there's deformation how do we monitor that kind of deformation using your drones or your satellite images there are those that produce three-dimensional uh images of buildings how do we try and do uh this thing monitor this uh deformation of such kind of structure which is very important in terms of engineering because uh, over time uh, infrastructure will collapse because of deformation because you know that the earth crust is always moving over time yeah Okay, cool. So as a young person from Botswana, um, what do you think will help you thrive more? Are you doing a lot? You've got your startup, you're still ideating, uh, developing the solution. You've got your research on the other hand that you're contributing to and you're also working in, in, in corporate. I don't know what your ambitions are. I don't, I don't know where you see yourself in the foreseeable future given all these things that you're doing. But what do you think will make you thrive as a young person in Botswana today? Um, for now... What I'll say is that if you have the right support ecosystem, that in, that makes everything easy for for startups. So, in terms of, uh, let me give an example. In Kenya, you will have where there's a policy for startups. So, if they don't have uh, certain regulatory regulations around what a startup is doing, mm. they'll be, they'll be part of an organization where they're protected from. Uh, certain laws that are not there yet. So let's say, for example, uh, we don't have uh, laws regarding cryptocurrency. You can be part of an organization that will protect you against that so that you develop your solution around cryptocurrency. So if there are solutions where there is no laws that govern that solution that you have developed, you have organizations that will guard you against that. So if we have such kind of ecosystems where they allow entrepreneurships to be protected against other factors, then I, I believe we'll strive as 
entrepreneurs. Thank you so much, Lorna, for joining us on the Convalanche podcast. I don't know if there's anything you'd like to say. Feel free to plug your startup, anything that you want to say to anybody no, listening. No, there's nothing. <laughs> cool. Any last words to other young Botswana? Um, I think I find your story interesting. Um, like I said, it's not everyone who does three things at the same time. Um, any word of advice? Yeah, uh, for now, uh, I would say that we should just drive on your passion. Yes, don't don't try and uh, focus on one thing. Don't try and focus on one thing. If you can, try and def- diversify yourself. So with that, you're trying to limit your risk of becoming irrelevant in, mm. in this industry. You know that everything is moving at a, at a rapid pace. So if you diversify yourself, make sure that you have all the necessary skills as the world is shifting from one area to the other, try and develop those necessary skills for that. Yeah. I'll add to that and say, don't forget to diversify, but you should still master one, master something, and then diversify. Diversify, (laughs) Cool. most definitely. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on the Convalanche podcast. I hope you found this as insightful as I did. Uh, See you again on our next episode. Remember, on all our social media platforms, it's Convalanche Africa on LinkedIn, Convalanche Africa as well on Facebook. Convalanche, expression, exposure, experience.